0: Hi, this is Sheldon Primus with Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus. That's the podcast that helps you learn the business of being a safety consultant. I'm going to continue in that tradition right now with Safety Consulting 101. This is the second annual Safety Consultant 101 that we're going to do. And I am going to go over everything to finding your perfect client, choosing the name that will fit and resonate with that client, we're going to learn how to write proposals. going to have a one-on-one time for those people who would like to speak with me one-on-one and time to reflect about what we learned. Learn about partnerships and CEUs and how to use those to boost your business. Learn about event coordination, email marketing, and even instructional design. That's Safety Consulting 101. To find out more information about the event, go to viewstub.com. Forward slash safety consulting 101. That's viewstub.com forward slash safety consulting
1: 101.
2: This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by Safety Consultant
0: In this week's episode we speak to phil landry with hse partnering solutions
2: do you feel that your knowledge would be better served if you are your own boss your knowledge can help more people improve their workplace safety Most of what you know may be wasting in a job that limits what you can do for the overall health and safety of workers. Now is the time to start your own business while you're still working for your current employer. Start your own safety consultant business with the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. Get your business legal in just a week. Brand yourself as an authority in safety, even on a shoestring budget. No more stressing about how to price your services fairly, but still make a profit. And experience the amazing feeling of being your own boss. This 100% online video course is instructor-led and will give you detailed steps to keep you focused as to what to do next to grow your business. Lay out strategies to keep you maximizing your marketing and networking efforts. And explain how to get money in between clients. Register today at safetyconsultantblueprint.com and enter the code PODCAST.
3: So my name is uh, Phil Landry. I'm from HSE Partnering Solutions in Douglas, Massachusetts. Uh, And, um, we cover mainly the uh, tri- kind of tri-state area of Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. However, you know, more ex- we extend more into New England itself too with, with covering New Hampshire and Maine, and you know, occasionally we'll take a trip that's a couple hours away, but we try to stay fairly New England-centric. However, we're trying to kind of branch out now with the, the new product lines we've developed. So, so what we specialize in is uh, health and safety management, uh, kind of a complete health and safety management approach uh, to to small and mid-sized companies' uh, health and safety concerns.
0: Excellent.
3: So, so that involves it all. Um, but what we try to do is... Is, is become their part-time health and safety person. So there's a lot of companies out there that just don't have the resources to spend on a full-time person, but they yeah. need that, that expertise. And yep. so that's what we do. And, and we, we also give them some, some takeaway tools to, to help them with some of the real sticking points of, um, of health and safety management. And, and that's kind of the, one of the things we're going to talk about today, I think, is is mm-hmm. some of the e-learning uh, work that I've been doing and and how uh, it benefits um, any almost any clients that that uh, wants to use this type
0: of tool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, a, a lot that you had going on there. So tell me how you got to a uh, consultant. What was the life BC before being a consultant?
3: BC. Yeah, so BC... Uh, consulting so i have been in the health safety and environmental field probably 29 years now I've, I've i have about 25 years of industrial health and safety management experience in in the corporate world
0: okay uh, uh what so. specific, what's your uh your specific thing that you guys were dealing with in your uh, industry uh, okay. that that side
3: so so I'm, I'm very fortunate, in, in some regards anyway, that, that I've had a, a pretty good or varied experience at this level. Uh, I've worked in the chemical industry, the hazardous chemical industry for about 10 years. Um, with a big, big firm in, um, in the Boston area. Uh, I learned a tremendous amount about hazards, personal protective equipment, um, what can go wrong and what can go right because-
0: Yeah, process it, safety management.
3: Yeah, it was, it was real world uh, health and safety management at, at a very high level of hazard and a very high level of, of uh, protection needed for, for a lot of, a lot of things that we did. And then after after ten years, I, I kind of had seen the other side of the fence, um, which is what, what we used to call the generator side because it was a hazardous materials company that used to deal with disposal. So, okay. um, did you
0: receive the disposal like a like a, a, a waste management type company?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So so okay. it was a waste management company. So we actually understood all the environmental regulations regarding. You know park b facility permits uh, air regulations you you name you name it because there's
0: chakra, yeah yeah, <laughs> you, you it. yeah every
3: every single one of those because of the the implications all almost all the time were that one or several of those things were they had to be considered from a from a, um, you know, a regulatory standpoint when you decided what the technical disposal options were and how you could do things. So, yep. so that, that it just gave you, I mean, it was probably the best experience you could have because uh, it, it really immerses you in day to day, like um, research all the time. So, yeah, well,
0: think about all the cross jurisdictions you got to think about. So you got DOT yeah. one day, you got to deal with EPA, you got to deal yeah. with, you know, just, right. you
3: you name it. We we dealt with. I mean, there was even DEA type uh, operations where we had yeah. to dispose of you know uh, big stores of all kinds of like you know illegal substances and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. Very interesting work, though.
0: Interesting. I bet you, like everybody, volunteered on Pot Burn Day. They're you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll work. I'll work actually
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, that, I've, I've never been, uh, you know, a, uh, a partaker of, of that, those substances, so I, I can't say yes to that. But I will say that it was very interesting when the DEA would come out and they they, they had all kinds of like people with mass amounts of firearms and weapons everywhere yeah. to protect um, the you know things. I yeah, even, I even it's pretty uh, of
0: the whole sample because you have to do the um, <laughs> the of the grave.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to watch
0: the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. the regulations too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh,
3: it's a, but it was very interesting. And, and then I, I, you know, I went on to um, industrial work where I I worked for. Um, large corporations learned the the health and safety management part of it. You know, uh-huh. doing the engineering side and the and the and the actual technical side in the, in the chemical field helped me jump over to the health and safety management. Um, and and then um, from from there, I, I you know I worked in uh, let's see uh, uh, textile processing which is like uh, very similar to production line where yeah. big big huge long lines of processing rolls and and uh all kinds of interlocks and stops and a lot of guarding work a lot of yeah. uh, combustible dust issues things like that yeah, yeah then i worked in in the ceramics industry um which was a, a terrific um uh experience too because we we actually developed some of the um uh Bullet, bulletproof vests for the for the army and the military back in the day when it yeah, when go. it when it just first started. So that was uh, very interesting. Lots of lots of chemical things, lots of uh, heat exposures, things like that. So, so and then just tell
0: me systems. The whole every time you mention something there, I keep thinking you're you're entrenched in different types of systems in right. order for you to to be in those type of operations.
3: Well, yeah, w- without a doubt, you. You learn that especially some of the corporations that I worked for had upwards of several hundred thousand employees, not, not just, you know, five or 10,000 large, large corporations. And, and, and I was only one of, you know, several thousand health and safety folks within the group. But, uh, you learn quickly that in order to have a cohesive, um, a plan and and a way to manage uh, your interactions or your aspects of health and safety and environmental. Uh, you really you need a plan and and that that's one of the things that we try to instill in, in some of the clients that I work with is you know what uh, you're not going to solve this all at once. It's not going to be something that we're going to come in. Or five minutes and do but but if we can do a little bit each week or each month and to get you to where you need to be from a step wide, and that's that that's the whole key of our company is to, to, to back off because we're gonna leave them with the tools that they need and yep. and how to fish yeah they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be able to manage it themselves so that's that's the takeaway and and, and you and I probably both know that every company that takes health and safety on by themselves with the the folk in the plant or the management and the leadership. In other words, it, it's not just the health and safety guy's job to do the work. Yeah. If they integrate it into their operations. Those are the most successful uh, health and safety cultures. So yeah, that's absolutely that, that's what I that's what I want to happen at the end of the day is that these folk have this stuff integrated into their day-to-day work. And it just becomes uh, a way that they do the business they do.
0: Yeah. And that's one of those, um, one of those things when you, when you get in and uh, I know we we jumped way ahead with the uh, consulting side, but it does, it it, it fits right. Because you go into a company and you, you see culture in different ways. You can see when people are thinking safety in different ways, when someone gets a work order that spits out that they need work, and then all of a sudden, next thing coming off the copier is a job safety analysis to go with that work order. And yeah. then you're like, all right, this company knows.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And then that's that's the um, that's the hope is that we help build some of those systems to the folk that I'm working with. And most of the time, it's not as complex as that, because very you know you know as well as I do the systems approach is important but the technology side of it to attach to what, like what you were just talking about it it's it's not everywhere in the in the country right now there's there's a very mm. small percentage of of companies that have those resources and the ability to kind of get all that together but what we try to do give them is some some small or medium sized business capabilities that, that will do similar functions. That will do the same things. And that's the, that's technology has evolved so much in the last five to ten years that it makes it possible where where it wasn't really possible. Uh, you know, 20, 15, 20 years ago, you really had to go out and buy this big gigantic system. To, to get for anything yeah <laughs> right, right. And, and and the software you the software programmers were the ones who were you know basically trying to solve all the issues and now yeah. now they're letting people kind of create their own things with uh, customizable or uh, adaptable software type of thing so that's it's it's good
0: Yep, and that's the supply and demand thing going there too. So you, uh, you truly yeah. and you got oh, my little doggy barking in the back. It's <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> but, uh, you do have the supply and demand thing. So
3: that's the, so the benefit that's the benefit of a, of a home office sometimes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is, is is you're close to everything, but then it's also the, a detractor, right? You're close to everything. Yeah, I, oh, I have the same thing. Everybody yeah. loves dogs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and quite honestly, I I truly learned uh, later on when I came to developing other services other than just strictly safety consulting or strictly training, then I just had to learn that uh, the market right now says that people really like that um, look that is real and raw, as opposed to yeah. the polished look that's you know a big firm. <laughs> they, right? They yeah, like yeah, everybody.
3: yeah. The whole uh, the whole um, kind of uh, scrub type of feel, you know, like everybody has done made it perfect.
0: Yep, absolutely. So it doesn't it. it it's People's meters go up, you know the little BS meter. Like, there's something hidden there that right. we should be aware of if it's this right. polished. And,
3: yeah, uh, I, I, I I agree. I think ten, people tend to like the whole um, just honesty and, and raw information or talking than than the polished kind of product produced type of look.
0: Yeah, and it's great when you can do both. Like, uh, for instance, we'll we'll talk a lot on uh, instructional design, and one of the biggest things that I've learned with instructional design for me personally is uh, since the entry point, has gotten so low to do production work and camera work. And you guys didn't see when me and Phil first got on the, the call, you know, showing yep. you my little setup and all that stuff yeah. is, is that you don't think about when you're thinking like, I am going to start a safety consulting business. You don't think about all the stuff you need for, if you eventually want to start doing production and doing yeah. all the things, you, yeah. you're going to need to get those skills sure, uh, and uh, equipment. I, I, I,
3: that, that is definitely uh, one of the things that you learn as you go is that if you're going to, you know, customize certain things or you're going to,
0: um,
3: you know, add add value by talking about uh, doing blogging or, or doing videos or self-promotion type uh, things, you, you either have to hire outside professionals to really give you that or you have to gain some skills really quick <laughs> because, um that, you know, that that's the only way you get it done. And yeah. as you know, you you know, starting up a company, you, you certainly can't afford thousands and thousands of dollars of uh, outside <laughs>
0: professionals. Not for many, many years. And that's then right. still, you're like, well, I could do this myself. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody wants to say there are sometimes there's a fine line between saving a dollar
0: and then, you know, it depends on the situation, like you said. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that's good. Now, when you uh, got out of the uh, the actual field work, when you're in uh, the chemical and manufacturing side, industrial side, yep. you know, what were some of the tools or, or trades or maybe even designations that you picked up along the way that got mm-hmm. you ready for being a consultant? Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. So... I, I, did, um, I did I did. you know I, I got a master's with um, uh, environmental remediation um, probably mm, I'm going to say like 6-7 years into the, my first career job position mm-hmm. and then uh, as that went on and I started becoming a health and safety manager I added uh, the CSP designation or I guess ASP at first and then CSP and yeah. <laughs> went through that I had I had become I was a CHMM uh, which is like a hazardous materials manager as well um, yep. probably prior to that timeline wise you lose after a while because it, time goes by quick but
0: yeah, absolutely
3: so I so I, I you know I did the designations because I wanted to meet you know like-minded health and safety professionals and gain more experience so I, I I did those you know things, and I can still continue continuing Ed, and, and yep. I've spent a lot of time in the last few years um, doing robotic uh, robotic safety, um, and and when you when you talk about uh, robotic safety systems, and um, you talk about uh-huh. risk analysis for the the safety systems there, um, yeah, it's a really interesting field, and and working with the like it's a whole, again, a whole different uh, set, you know, of people. Um, it, that's the And that's one of the things that I think I first struggled with, but then became aware of as time go, went on is that it, it, each company, each management team, each industry has its own set of unique quirks and, and personalities. Yeah. And, how you solve health and safety related um, management or, or technical things is different for each one of them. And that's why you, you have to really kind of tailor your health and safety work to your clientele. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I always tell everybody, you know, there's there's no one way to work the, the solution. There there might be 30 ways to, to work the solution. So it really depends on the company. and. Um, you know, you, you, you. What's the old, the old uh, saying there? You, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Talking about dogs earlier, some <laughs> companies are set in their way, yeah. and, and it may be right or it may be wrong. But uh, as as a um, as, as a consultant, you come in and you, you're not you're not able to change that big picture. You just need to give them what's going to work for them the best way possible.
0: And so, you also have to figure out your, um, they're going to have you there for a reason. So, you got to determine what they're their driver is for having you there and then after that, then you're going to end up having to uh, decipher all the hidden things because their culture is going to show you that there's pieces missing but then oh, yeah. you're going to have to, you know, try to go into the root cause analysis and figure out, alright, yeah. this is what's missing and now i got to give them recommendations that I believe they're going to actually uh, put into effect and oh, yeah. actually do.
3: Right, and, and so that's the that that's the key is is you know in the in the consulting world you and I both know that sometimes we get clients on for like a one off type of uh, to do this task only type of thing and they bring mm-hmm. you in for they bring you in because having an outside voice not that they couldn't do the work but they bring you in because an outside voice might help gain credibility or uh, uh, kind of refresh the item that they're working on yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I like those positions because, really, you you have a, a short, brief chance of changing things. So you can kind of, like you said, be be upfront, honest with everybody. Say this is what I think, and then move on. And then and then some of the places you go, you know, you're brought on for that long term approach, which is what I really like to do because it builds. But, yeah. but you have to you you can't shock the system. You've gotta you've gotta set them up and kind of bring them along so that they see the light of what you're trying to do over time.
0: Yep. And that means there's a lot of uh, touch points for your data set. Uh, so you're right. going to end up having to go there often and it it becomes a service contract in that way. So when you get to the one-off deals, then those yeah. are great to, to help piece things in. But uh, yeah. the peaks and valleys means you're going to have to have service contracts every now and then. And right. And the service contracts, like the way you described, you get to see uh, implementation and progress a little bit of. little bit and you get to see as you know the companies grow and mature and eventually you know you're training someone to take what you're doing as a consultant but until that point you know you're you're really mentoring the whole team including management towards a safety culture and that's rewarding
3: yeah it 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 most definitely is and then after a while you actually get know the folk well and sometimes you're working with a health and safety expert or a person who's in the in the facility and sometimes you're just working with operations or management folk and uh, you you kind of get to know their intercompany personalities and how they work and, and it really that's that's the big benefit of, of the service contract or work over time is that you really do get to know what their needs are and who the people are and how best to interact with yep. so it's it's kind of like I said it's 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 basically being a part-time health and safety manager and, and that uh, that that's a pretty valuable thing especially the companies that, that won't they that can't pay the the full-time people
0: you know? Yeah, and I do go in and I uh, like especially if it's a construction or high hazard type industry like manufacturing can be, I uh, and especially hazardous material right. Uh, uh, it's yeah, sure. it's name, right hazardous material. It's yeah. name. So those areas when I do get into those, I I try to effectively look for three maybe four times that we do some business together and then in order to do that that means that I'm going to have to find a few different services that I can sure. them. and generally it always brings back around to training. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so I think your experience is probably very similar to mine in that yeah. you, you know you could probably categorize the people who need the training in in three or four different categories, you know, from from it's a five five alarm fire and we need the training tomorrow or you um,
0: know OSHA here. 10 and it's yeah. Wednesday can you get it to us by Friday
3: <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah no that's the you know people who are on site and they're like well we want to do it and uh, so I'm like uh, we can't get there till next week so but but there's all kinds of reasons for the, for the need of training but um, you know getting I always tell, tell people the, the training part of it the actual we are going to train you um, unless it's a generic training course, like you're saying, like like the OSHA 10 or one of those things that people do, kind of it's it's all They've almost they become commodities. Um, no training is generic, unfortunately. Like because every company has a personality, every company has a different uh, way of doing things, or they develop a different process. Because, like you say, a lot of time I go in and they want training, but they don't even have a process yet so i'm like well i can train you on the regulations but that's not going to give you an actual process for your site so yeah. so what, what i try to do is try to find out where they're at first and then and then kind of get them trained and, yeah. and that's that, that that's we do live training we do uh, e-learning training um, all of which are you know especially with technology it's just it's so great that people can be able to reproduce these things so that they can train the one-offs. You know, everybody right. everybody misses, or at least a lot of the small and mids that I see don't get the one-off or the new hire or the transfer person that moves from shipping to receiving or to, you know, QC. Yep. They, they don't cover the training that they need for those people, and it's because they just don't have the, the manpower. And, um, so that, that's that's what you know. From
0: my standpoint, e learning really helps out. Yeah. Now on the e learning side, I know that both of us have been SME before subject matter experts, sure. and as being SMEs, they usually have you do two things: where one is reviewing. Courses that are already out there, and you yeah. have to go through someone else's written course and pick that apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then the other thing they have us do is actually develop the courses. And uh, I did, I can't even remember the episode, I should have been more prepared, but uh, I've got yeah. an episode somewhere way back about. Uh, instructional design so it's one of the things that i've even had in my course where if you need money you should know how to do instructional design because there's always work for you Uh, yeah
3: right exactly
0: uh, is that the same thing you've been seeing
3: um so there's there i think there's work out there i think so putting on another hat because when you're in the consulting world and you do you know SME or, or e-learning uh, development work and, and instructional design you you have to get out and sell it <laughs> and then yes. so that's a whole different skill set and then the marketing and 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 that kind of thing but so so I have yet to um, get to the point where I've I've mastered any of the marketing skills in fact I'm really you know, I have another meeting today to talk to a marketing person because it, it really is something that it's out of my wheelhouse. You know, technically, uh-huh. I'm a technical person and a, um, a a computer and like systems person that wants to, to teach people about health and safety. So yeah. marketing is a little out of my uh, realm of, of happy comfort, if you will. And yeah, absolutely. But but there is there is definitely work, and I will say. Based on my knowledge of of industry, it's out there now. Um, every almost every single company could benefit from this, and and, and I think what people right now are st- stuck on is that they they think of e-learning in the old sense of the term, where it was really boring and not very interactive, and yeah, absolutely, and very. Very just here's the facts, and maybe not even giving it to you in a very interesting format, and then, and then you you get some kind of little printout that says you're done, and so so yeah. the e-learning has evolved quite a bit, and it, it involves videos, it involves uh, uh, interactive you know game uh, play or whatever whatever you want to design in. In fact, there's there's those the sky's the limit these days, and and so. E-learning course is a very efficient way, and and as you know, um, combining you know interactive learning with hands-on and reinforcing it with a hands-on component at the end or in the middle or during the training really uh-huh. really solidifies it. And so that's yeah. what that's what we do is we try to make sure that both get out on the shop floor talk to the supervisor, talk to the manager or whoever it is that that's out there and see some of the things that they just learned in training and see what's out there. And so the great thing about it is it does a couple things. It does, number one, it gets the supervisor knows that this trainee might be coming out there to see these things. And if they're not actually enacted out there, then he's going to basically say, well, we don't do any of the things that you trained on, so it's not important and, and we'll know-
0: get you at the end and they'll tell you, Hey, you, nice for you to come, but they're yeah. not going to do that.
3: Yeah. So, so it keeps the supervision and the managers on their toes for making sure that the things that they're supposed to implement are out there, that they're visible. It's sh- the show, but it also helps them rein, you know, th- their job is to reinforce the message with all the employees. And if they don't remember what it is they're supposed to be reinforcing, sometimes they forget. Um, so, so this kind of helps with their spot auditing, because now they remember that they're supposed to be looking at these labels or this, whatever it is. And, and so yeah. it helps out that way. And then lastly, it does help the, the trainee, because now they're seeing real world examples of what they just learned in, in the computer. And yeah, so, so it ties everything in and. Yep. The big, the big key is now the supervisor or the manager or the trainee mentor is not tied up for an hour on one person for one class.
0: Yeah, so and so. then,
3: yeah, you don't have to worry about scheduling. You don't have yeah. to worry about fitting it into the day. Um, you're, you've got your production people that, that or your key supervision people that are actually doing supervision or production. So it yeah. saves that time, and and then at the end of the day they're going to reinforce it so it kind of is the best of both worlds and and maybe their reinforcement time is five or ten minutes but it's a heck it's a hell of a lot better than you know 65 minutes right
0: yeah all the time so I Um, I heard a lot of things there with um just in thinking of the assessment of the client where they are now and their actual need seems like a line item in itself in a proposal and then the second line item would be, you know, the actual development of the course, uh, if it's e-learning or if it's, you know, for you to physically do that. And then the third would be the delivery. So if it is an actual delivery of the course at a certain time, certain location, that would be a third line item. But if it's delivery and development of e-services, yeah. then that could be a second line item. So that means when you're doing a proposal, uh, you could actually get paid in stages uh, for doing yeah. this work itself.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so that's a great idea. And, and um, it's certainly, I think with your professional background and your, your experience, that, that is definitely the way to go and to move forward. And I've been working on uh contracting and and, and uh, bidding proposals now <laughs> to format those uh, so that I can kind um, of work with clients professionally so that they get to see what, where everything is upfront costs, but what they're going to be expected to do. And that's, that's yeah. you know, that, that, that segues into the deliverables portion of everything. So yeah, I want to touch on one part that you said initially, which is the gap analysis, right? the gap analysis can be as small or as large as as the customer wants or needs and you know you could do a gap analysis on their whole system and understand where all the the things are and I've I've written up several of those where you know there's 30 or 40 different things that well we need to get to but you know here's the priority and the ranking the risk ranking and well let's start here because this is the highest one but and then sometimes it's just evaluating a single process like Lockout, tagout, or confined space, or whatever, whatever uh-huh. the safety process is, and seeing if it if it's pretty complete and it's set up, then making sure that you kind of get touch the touch points that are, um, are personal to that company, and then you can develop the the courseware and that kind of thing, like you said. Right. But the deliverables right. are key too in in really developing that um, that, that quote. it, It lets the client understand what the expectations are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have to define that. And then also when you're when you're thinking that one through as far as uh, how are you going to present it and then the deliverables uh, for the project, generally what you're going uh, to try to look for, you know, well, the whole structure of the proposal, you have to have a section in it that's going to say this is what you're going to be responsible for, is what I'm responsible for. And then uh, when you get to the deliverable end, right? Uh, it's going to be uh, what you're going to, kind of be looking at uh what can i give them that not only they could have right now but i'm also going to give yeah. learning platforms so i would always add in a you know, part of this part of this new written program for instance let's say you're going to do a uh, an actual um someone's process safety management you want to review it yeah go ahead and update it so you uh the quote will be here's the quote on the process safety management review and that's the first step The second after i review it then i'm charging you my uh, my rate for that as far as a, a review flat rate sure and then the next thing of this project is going to be there's a review and recommendation first. Secondly, is going to be uh, my implementation and training, and uh, give them the timeline for that as well. But sure. with those two things, you know, you're you're set for at least uh, three different projects in one. And it could be built in separate ways, so you could spread out the, the, the project, if you will. And you're doing it organically, and you're doing it in the way that it should uh, progress in order for it to to stick sure. with the client.
3: Yeah, and that, the, the client gets a good idea of what what's involved in bringing everything to the to final fruition too. It's uh, they, they they see that look if it's not we don't just pop this stuff out in air, and uh, it takes time. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And your marketing side, I'm glad that you're going to take the time and uh, talk to someone in marketing because it does really make a big difference. I have a little leg up because my bachelor's is in marketing, so I've, I've been working and thinking that way in you a long,
3: yeah.
0: a long time. <laughs> but uh, uh, truly, what you're going to, the questions you should ask first and foremost is, and you might have to ask it to yourself and business partners or anyone else, is who's our target market. Who can afford us? Uh, who's our uh, the areas in our industries? Right. Uh, our local area, or do we need to branch out somewhere else? Uh, who's emerging? <laughs> and oh, yeah. once you figure out that too, then that's going to first get you in a mindset of I need to visualize this person. What position are they in? Uh, who is my contact? What is their gatekeepers? And now that you're you're visualizing that person, what are they reading? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? Uh, do they read Forbes? Once you start figuring all that stuff out, then uh, the question for the marketer is, and you could probably could do this back and forth with them just so that you could, uh, you know, they may not know the safety and health side, but they right. do know- the, the side with, um, with which industry can buffer and afford that because those companies are using marketing dollars. So you could even at that point, when you're talking to your marketer, just say, here's the people I want to target. This is the type of uh, industry it is. Here's the locations that I think will really, really uh, work well for me, especially in my time frame, because I know you got a family too, you got to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> so." Now, uh, the question then for the marketer is, uh, how now with this information that I just gave you, are you going to help me target this individual so that they will purchase the courses they need for their companies? And generally, it's going to be some work with you. You'll still have to keep going with your content. You'll need a place to put your content, your website, and then you yeah. need a way back contact get people to give you contact information and from there uh, that list is going to create your your actual customer profile and when you create something like a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group or something like that, they'll have a place to go. That is a HSE solutions, you know, right. Partnership for solutions.
3: Yep. No HSE partnering solutions. Yep.
0: Partnering solutions. I knew there was a partner in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. so <laughs>
3: that, And that's, that's, that's the whole idea is, is we, we're partnering up with you for uh, a certain amount of time and then hopefully you'll, Kind of learn how to fly on your own after that. After, after our extensive training and, and knowledge yeah. sharing, you know?
0: So let's brainstorm right now your, uh, your, your avatar. That's what they call it, your customer avatar. So if I were to say to you right now, uh, you need to make a $1,000 sale in two weeks for whatever service. Who are you going to go to? Who would you target? What's your first person coming in your mind? Not not business. You don't have to tell me the name, but maybe industry. Right. Um You need thousand dollars next week. Come on, Phil. Yeah. So
3: I would say I would say the heat treating industry is probably one of the industries that's a little bit more dangerous and that I've that I've worked in um, over the last couple years. So yeah, that that's a possibility.
0: All right. So uh, if I was going to target that area, uh, who do I talk to? Who's the gatekeeper or who's the decision maker?
3: I I would I would say the vast majority of the places would be the HR manager or the health and safety person. If they have sometimes they'll have health and safety people themselves. Yeah. It depends on the size of the company, probably about half maybe do and half don't.
0: All right. So let's see about size. What uh, what do you think would be your target size for someone that you think can afford you? Because quite honestly, you probably could get people if you discount your prices and you'll get them here and there and right. uh, they'll show up. And if you tell them your real rate, then all of a sudden they disappear.
3: So, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yes. So, so you're absolutely right about, I think, that. That that, that that you know my my big hope initially was to work with some of the smaller and mids because they just don't have a lot of of things in place and there's a tremendous gap that's there and so mm-hmm. but but a lot of those folk, realistically without grant money or um Without without having a maybe real good year or something like that, they're not they're not really willing to spend a ton. So you're oh, right. It, the, the, I end up bringing my my fees down like probably by thirty like to sixty percent, and then I'm like, Ugh, can I even afford to do this? And yeah, so yeah, you, absolutely. you're absolutely right. I think it's a bigger it's a bigger um, company. Maybe you know companies with at least a couple hundred employees to you know, more like yeah. five to six or seven hundred thousand you know, employees. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so they, and they typically
3: will have their own health and safety person per
0: se. That's good. You partner with them, that's because yeah. they they will end up being your your speech and then you are gonna give them in the proposal their actual um, th- the wording that they're going to need in order to get things passed. So in my proposals, I actually have really detailed proposals and I write in there, uh, this is the amount of money that you can expect to save. Uh, and the reason why I do that is I look at OSHA.gov injury one. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. safety pays. It says safety pays. And uh, I'll give you an example. There's one where the service they wanted me to do would uh, help prevent some falls And the fall. Specifically, I looked up the industry by their NAICS code, North American Industrial Classification Code. Right. I looked their, up uh, their industry accident history, as well as I looked up their industry um, hazards as far as what they are. So fall was like one of the, the first ones. So I told them, I could, if you guys had one back injury and they had several over the years, it's going to cost you X amount of money and therefore that's coming from your profit. That's the only money that's coming from that profit with my service. And it boiled down to, I did a return uh, investment for them in my proposal as my summary. And they got to see that the return investment was 203% to invest in me. and. They're also going to look for that return that's going to come immediately once and the contract was something like a like a twenty four hundred or twenty four thousand dollars roughly contract. So uh, if they're going to make the two hundred and three percent right away, you know, sure, it's a lot of money to pay me up front, but uh, I was able to to show them you're going to get this money back in this way. Right. that might get you the higher clients or should say the higher paying clients are out there. It's just, you're going to need to give them a more detailed product that they're used to seeing. So your polls have to look, you know, something like they're used to seeing as far as a business meeting with board uh, or, or some of their, People who actually invest in them, so that's what they're going to be looking for. Right. And you from that appeal, especially since there's more than one of you. You know, you you guys, especially you still have your business partner, right? You guys work together.
3: So so I I've worked with several, well, a few uh, 1099 folks that have. More experienced than I do, actually. Um, Excellent, and that's um, so, so, so they're available um, right now. I'm kind of a sole proprietor, and and uh, looking down the road to kind of add a person to help me out with, you know, animation and or e-learning development as as uh, as course uh, load gets higher, and uh, and I can't keep up with it. You know, that's that's yeah. the that's the whole. <laughs> so. Well, well, you mentioned the, the ROI of projects and, uh, you know, return on investment is important, but uh, I'll be honest with you, the ROI for these classes really sells itself because from, from every single time you use it, you're gaining money, you're paying back. So the, the, while the dollar dollar portion of the outlay is, is not tremendously horrible to, to get started and to do it, um, the the actual amount you save is literally if you have even 10 or 15 different new hires during a year is is tremendous because if you had a consultant or someone else come in and do the work uh, it, you you can figure out the costs there and even for, for you know uh, it the health and safety professional that maybe has um, well, you know 20 or 30 people come in a year at their site uh-huh. this saves them you know a week a week or two of their time at the end at the end of the year um, when, by onboarding or doing retraining and things and and that's really really powerful in, in you know when you talk to any kind of health and safety person they'll tell you they're just swamped. they don't have time they' they're, they never have time to do work because they're always in this meeting or that meeting or trying to cooperate with with all the departments and the people they have so, so
0: it's yep. it's a time saver for for the health and safety person too. So yep, and that's a that all goes into that summary in your proposal. Just all the different things that you're gonna. Right. Uh, you have to basically tell them instead of the features, uh, tell them what freedoms you're about to give them. And sure. I did that in the summary, so yeah, you know now good, you don't have to have. And truly, it's, that's uh, one of the things that the, the marketer is going to get you to try to think of. You're going to be writing a lot of copy. So once you do talk to the marketing person, uh, you're going to have to really understand that once you, uh, you need words to zing, so you're going to have to tell them, you know, these are some words that are action item words, that, are, uh, the clickbait words, if you will, uh, yeah, in right. safety and health. You know, yep. you see BBS on a, on a headline, you know you're clicking on it. You see, you know, human organization performance, it's getting clicked on. <laughs> it's just, there's some of, some of these things, even, you know, permit required compliance space or H2S, you see those type of things. So uh, that's the stuff that you're going to end up having to talk to the marketing agent and say, here's some of those words that mean a lot to my industry. I need you to do a keyword search on volumes of words such like this so that I could start writing articles to match these things that are being searched. And that's how you're going to get your traffic because someone's going to type in, you know, I need help (laughs) with, you know, H2S or H2S safety might be something they'll type in. And yeah. if you already know that that search volume is going to give you you know, sometimes even millions of people typing in that word, that phrase, oh, and yeah. you write an, an article, you'll be in the very top of Google, maybe not number one, but at least the first page, right. someone goes on your site and now they actually sign up to join your newsletter. That's where you start now adding your client base and your marketing and people will find your courses that way.
3: Yeah, yeah. Good, uh, like I said, that you you definitely can tell that you have been into uh, marketing and gotten a degree in marketing because you you really you understand the the things that are certainly not intuitive to a uh, to a, like a health and safety manager or you know I come from a uh, biology and chemistry background, uh, uh, undergrad and and.
0: Yeah. Absolutes. <laughs> you like the, you know, you have absolutes yeah. there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Give me an equation. We're just throwing
0: <laughs> We're in an equation. we get to go.
3: Yeah. So, so, so it's, 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 um, like I said, very fortuitous that uh, you and I, that I've been able to get uh, your help in, in uh, mentoring. So
0: good yeah, stuff. yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, we, uh... <laughs> I am with ASSP. Like everyone knows, I've I've mentioned them a bunch in the show and through ASSP, I've done a mentoring with Phil. Uh, Both of us are working together to to help each other out in this mentoring program. And I've done it before with another specialty group last year or almost two years ago. And I've got, you know, so much out of it. And me and my previous mentee together, we've still stay in touch and he's, uh, he's helping me with the army and military uh, stuff because he's very good in that background. So yeah. um, he's educating me on how to, to branch out into that area. So I, I truly believe this mentorship, uh, it works both ways.
3: So, uh, so so it's good stuff. And, and uh, I, I enjoyed talking to you. And, and I appreciate the time to uh, kind of highlight some of the things that I do.
0: Uh, well, great. Thank you, man. You're a great interview. It was awesome. I appreciate it. Right. Have a great rest of your day.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form but i figured i felt like i got more information out of yours on you giving people a direct path on what to do step by step but i really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant
2: register for the safety consultant blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com enter code podcast for a special discount
0: uh-huh. welcome back to the episode and first and foremost i'd like to thank you for listening and i want to say if you can it'll be wonderful to subscribe whatever service you use uh, subscribe to the podcast share it with a friend if you know it could help somebody go ahead and share it And give me a review. It'd be awesome to get an iTunes review. And whatever. Uh, The level review is up to you. (laughs) But I appreciate a review. Uh, That's one of those things that helps in the industry. You probably hear it like in every podcast you've ever listened to, right? So it does really help. All right, let's get into the tip of the week. So the tip of the week for this one is going to be pretty easy. You really want to have a blog for your company for your services. So a blog is just, of basically it could be video, it could be audio, it could be text, but it's just a newsletter on a electronic format that people go to on your website. So it's your article, it's your story, whatever you want to get across. So you could do blogs with topics such as OSHA compliance, you could probably do a blog on uh, safety concepts, maybe even a blog on international safety or just whatever your special uh, specialty is choosing the medium is important i do most of my blogging in video format so then it'd be a vlog and that is v l o g the blog is b l o g i use wordpress which is a very common um program the internet program that allows you to put on a website I have that on your site so my site is mostly a blogging format and a lot of the times I'm actually doing videos from a YouTube channel so I just take that content that I already have provided in that one area and then I move it over put it on the vlog format on the website And then what will happen is as soon as the content gets published from there, automatically I have it set up where my social media is going to be updated. So it's a a 2-4 or 3-4 or 4-4, meaning for one action, I'm going to get two or three or four different uh, outputs, which is perfect. That's what you want. So... It helps to have that because you can also lead people to your website. And if it's your company name, you should have the domain for that. If it's your own personal name, that's great too. Definitely have your own personal name. And then uh, slash blog and host your blog there. And there is even a way if you use Word and probably the Mac version of Word. Uh, I can't remember what it is, what it's called, but... I could do a word doc and hit um, save and it'll go to my local and upload, I believe it is. And you could preset your blog upload backlink. So when you're done with your word document writing out, if you're a text person writing out your blog, once you upload it from your word doc, it goes straight onto the website on the next blog post, so the post is created, that's a good way of doing it too, and it makes it a little bit easier because you're probably used to using your Word doc or whatever your your, uh, version of that is for the Apple. All right, so that is the tip of the week. Get your blogs out there. It'll start helping you with promotion. There's even more benefit to it. Once you get people on your website, then you can actually target those people for advertising later on. And that's another whole episode. I might just uh, do that uh, upcoming. All right. So have a wonderful rest of your week. Go get them.
2: This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.
0: Hey, this is Sheldon Primus with Safety Consultant, with Sheldon Primus, and that's the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. I just want to invite you this September to an event called OSHA Compliance Help. This event is going to be co-hosted with my business partner, Kevin Yarbrough. Uh, Kevin Yarbrough has retired from OSHA as the Assistant Area Director of the Tampa office, and he has 26 years of service with OSHA. So in this event, what we're going to do is we're truly going to go over things that have uh, effectively been hard for people to understand about OSHA. So we'll talk about how to survive and thrive through an OSHA audit, OSHA record keeping, understanding the CFRs, how to decode compliance letters, and much, much more. This is going to be your time to truly talk to someone who's been in the business and someone who's been in OSHA together together. So go to viewstub.com forward slash OSHA compliance help viewstub.com forward slash OSHA compliance help for more information and for event tickets.